and carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science spirituality and claims of the paranormal but take part ourselves yep when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm carrie poppy oh i'm ross blotcher Oh, hey. Hey. Hey, what are you Yeah, hey. sure. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, great. And while we're at it, maybe we know something is wrong. Maybe mm. we can help truth seekers understand how the world really works. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a decent summary of our show. So, Carrie, attempt. I have two pills here. Okay. One okay. is a blue pill. You're right. And I you, see that. That's you, in your right hand. And if you take that blue pill... You will go on in your happy life. Things will be fine, whatever. But if you take the red pill, <laughs> okay, not much for things, a bitch. Okay. Nothing will nothing will change. Okay, okay, just got go it. about your life the way you have it. Okay. Or you take this well, red I'm pill, blessed. Okay. and you're gonna learn the truth. Okay, and it's gonna change your life. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna become an activist for this new reality. It's gonna rock your world. And how will I know that that? So new blue rea- pill, no rock world. <laughs> red pill, rock world. How do I know that that is the real reality, and that you haven't just changed the chemistry in my brain in some way that convinces me that it's? You're asking too many questions. Take the red pill okay. first. Who are you? I'm Morpheus. Okay, so you're just a guy in cool shades. Okay, and a big black I trench think I'll coat. Take the blue pill. <laughs> okay, you can't go back after you do this. But. Yeah, I. Yeah, it, you sound like a dangerous man. Where's your sense of adventure? <laughs> Permanently alter your brain chemistry so you believe other things. So we went to. I'm I'm holding up uh, quotes. Uh, went yes. to. You can't see these quotes. My my fingers. I look like uh, Richard Nixon. Nixon. Yep, yes, totally. And and yet my two V for victory signs are doing the little bunny ear bounce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just in case nobody knew what scare quotes looked like. <laughs> I've described them for you. Those scare quotes were intended to scare encompass you. Encompass the term <laughs> red pill expo. <laughs> that's I think right. that's where this sentence was yeah, going. Th- that's, well, I was saying we attended because we right. didn't actually go there. Right. But we watched it online. We sure did. So, okay, yes, the Red Pill Expo. 2020. Yeah, okay, how long have they been doing the Red Pill Expo? At least since 2017, because I saw an ad for the 2017 Okay, I meant to look that up, because they did ask at one point, who here is going to the Red Pill Expo for the first time? And pretty much every hand in the audience raised. (laughs) So I guess nobody comes back. It'd be a really funny bit to pull if it were (laughs) really your first time. Like, the first time you've thrown that expo. Oh. (laughs) Here's the first time. (laughs) I see what you're saying. Who's here for the... Oh, I'd totally do that. I love it. Oh, we should have done that for our first live show. Oh, yeah. Mm, Yeah. Go back. For who is this the first Rono Rosin Carey live show you've been to? (laughs) We'd raise our hands, too. All of you, yeah. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, what is the Red Pill Expo? First of all, what is a red pill... We just, we kind of acted the scene out. Oh, man. It's from The Matrix. Yeah, the original usage was from The Matrix, this just god-awful film from the 90s. you've seen. Yes, it's so bad. I remember you thinking of it as an analogy to the Christian faith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. The first time I saw it was in college, and it had been out a few years by then, but, you know, everyone had been talking about it, and I was like, this sounds 
dumb, but I'll watch it. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, oh, it's dumber than I thought. Cool. Uh, my son and I were watching the uh, the second mm. film in the series because he's seen the first one many times. But as I was watching, I was thinking, oh, this is such the type of film that Carrie would hate. Oh, my God. It's so, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love The Matrix. I was a big oh, fan. Oh, oh, neat. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed, yeah, like the Christ analogies were a little heavy handed, though I guess like the uh, sisters who wrote it say like, no, it wasn't intentional. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like they incorporated a lot of other religious Mm -hmm. metaphors and symbolism and names. Especially in, I think, the later films, they tried to kind of expand the base there a little bit. So we may run through some Matrix spoilers here if you haven't seen it. But the (laughs) idea is that Keanu Reeves, let's imagine it really is Keanu Reeves, is told by some godlike figure that, oh, everything that you've experienced isn't real. And actually, your body is like... in some farm somewhere with everybody else's bodies and you're like hooked up to some machine and it's all you're having a an illusion of reality but if you take this pill Mm -hmm. you'll be aware of what the truth is and then you can try to break out of this system if you want and everybody points out correctly that humans would make for very bad batteries because apparently that's what the machines were doing in this dystopian future is they were harvesting all these humans keeping them in this dreamlike simulation of reality because they could use their bodies as an energy source not an efficient way to do that oh interesting uh because donald trump has a similar theory about the body being a battery (laughs) i learned from the last episode (laughs) that drains slowly Anyway, so, yeah, if you haven't seen The Matrix, there you go. That's our very bad synopsis of The Matrix. (laughs) But it introduced that meme, that idea of the blue pill, which is where you stay in the simulation, and the red pill is where you learn the difficult, ugly truth, and now you're never going to be safe again. Uh, What a wonderful thing that every single person on Earth could latch onto and be like, aha, I am one of the few people who took the red pill. I have insider knowledge that no one else has. I'm uniquely Mm -hmm. informed in a way no one else is. Right, right, because you could use that in so many ways. It's funny, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I kind of did that with Toy Story, where I (laughs) remember... Like, I remember as a Christian, when I first saw Toy Story, I thought, wow, like, you're his toy. You know, that's where you get your meaning in life. Oh, whoa, it's, like Andy is God. Right. It, and that's how I read it. And then yeah. when I was losing my faith, I really felt for Buzz's story when he tried to fly and realized he couldn't. Oh. And like, oh, wow, okay, you're coming out of that illusion and reality's crashing in. I was Whoa. like, oh, so it's a story about, you know, like I could read yeah. it either way, depending on where you, my mind was at. Later, when you and your potato wife were fighting, yes, you were like, now I get it from a totally different angle. <laughs> and, and when I wanted my angry eyes, exactly, <laughs> then I realized what it was like to be God. <laughs> we're getting a little too far afield here. But yeah, the Matrix, people do the exact same thing with. I think you're right, where they find ways to kind of shoehorn in their own philosophy. And if I had a nickel for every time in one of our conferences that we go to that somebody said the Matrix is real, uh-huh. I would have a jangly pocket of change. <laughs> for sure. You'd hear me coming. Oh. <laughs> 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 Curious, dying as she as she knits over there. <laughs> yeah, you knitting while you podcast. Yeah, I'm knitting. It helps me pay attention when I'm tired. <laughs> okay. Well, what are we talking? About? <laughs> so now we've discussed. It really does. It helps me pay attention. 
So at least we've introduced that there is an expo called the Red Pill yes, Expo. Okay. We've introduced why it would want to borrow the phrase Red Pill. Now, what is it, Carrie? No, I'm still going to answer the question we've already answered. <laughs> so after that, then a bunch of people, especially in the last four years, started using it in this very particular way. Hmm. So not just insider knowledge, not just forbidden knowledge, but a sort of right-wing skewed forbidden knowledge. Right. This whole understanding of the deep state mm-hmm. and men's rights, mm-hmm. anti-feminist and the stuff. liberal communist Marxist takeover plot of mm-hmm. the United States in particular. It seems to be kind of a U.S. phenomenon. Right. And I wonder if it's just kind of convenient that the red pill happens to be red. I Yeah, I was wondering that too. I think that probably just made it very easy for the right to grab. And to be clear, of course, we don't mean the entire everyone who's right wing buys into this thing. But uh, red is the associated color. Right. Yeah. And so to kind of briefly summarize what this expo is, this is where you find all of the gun enthusiasts who stock up on end time supplies and buy a bunch of gold. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about the gold standard There's, as often as possible. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. They want to make sure they're buying bullion and keeping it stowed away safely in their compounds and uh and also this um weird proclivity for alternative medicine as well like that seems to tie into this like folk remedies yeah so i think the through line here is a sense of freedom of liberty and that basically the government should never intrude on that unless it is your absolute last resort and if you really believe that, then you start to have questions about regulation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what is a last resort? What about making sure your water doesn't have lead in it? Is that a last resort or a first resort? Mm. Uh, you run into some troubles. So then I think because uh, our regulatory agencies um, don't let you sell alternative medicine and say it cures cancer if it doesn't, which is exactly what they should do. Mm-hmm. That pisses off some of these these folks. Um, yeah. Because, and I get this this feeling, they feel like, well, okay, fine, but I still want to have the right to do it anyway. I want to have the right to, to right. say that I think it does. Mm-hmm. And to, you Who know, are you, Mr. Quote Unquote? I'm using these scare quotes. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Oh, that's what those Quote, are. Quote, unquote, expert. Nixon quotes. Got to it. tell me what's right or wrong about cancer, what I can't put in my body. Right. I'm going to do it just to spite you. Right. And I'm going to make up a story about why you told me not to. <laughs> and hence. But also, I kind of get it. Like, I've had this feeling where I've just been like, okay, yeah, I, I agree that this is bad, but I still feel like I should have the right to do some mm-hmm. things that are bad. You know, it's it, those things are always a trade-off. Policy is always a trade-off. Yeah, and there's a bunch of cases that you could make for certain things where, mm-hmm. yeah, the intrusion is a little too far, a step too far. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, indeed. Yeah. These, so, are, these are folks who fall far on that one side of the spectrum. Their threshold is, yeah, very high yeah. for uh, not being wanted to be regulated in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of fans of Trump, a lot of fans of Ron Paul. And you were waiting for it. It's true. No masks. Why wear a mask during this pandemic? Of course. Yes, it was being held in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw many people very closely sitting next to each other. I saw more MAGA hats than I saw masks. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I kept looking for MAGA hats, and I, I felt like I only saw a couple, but okay. Same here. I oh, didn't but, see any but masks. zero masks, yeah. <laughs> Though they'll be quick to tell you if you want to wear a mask, you certainly can. And my goodness, is this an 
odd assembly of people. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. So so first, let me tell you how I came across yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. How did you? Okay, so ugh, I think I'm just going to have to throw someone under the bus here, listener. Throw them under that bus. <laughs> See, the way I found out about it was a text from Carrie. Hey, you think we should go to the Red Pill Expo? <laughs> this is how our friendship works. <laughs> uh, ever since we became friends eight minutes ago. So there is this vet in LA who does house calls. And and by vet, I mean Like a World War veteran? Yeah, she, she'll come to your house and she'll just tell you about the Great War. <laughs> That'd be very impressive if she still remembers the Great War. <laughs> yeah, what was that, World War One? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she old. Anyway, so... They couldn't call it World War One then. Yeah, oh, touche, touche, yeah. I mean, you could. No, they could be like, who's, <laughs> gonna be who's another never one of been to, to a war before? <laughs> clack, 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 clack. <laughs> So there's this veterinarian in LA who does house calls and bless her heart. She actually was the one who helped me send to me to the great beyond when it was his time to me was my dog who passed away in 2012. And so, you know, I really wanted him to die at home. And I found this, this lovely vet who would come and do that. And she's also a vegan and an animal rights activist. So I was like, cool, you know, this, this will make me feel better about the whole thing. And ever since I've like, stayed friends with her on Facebook and watched her descend into madness. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So she, Aww. yeah, I mean, it, it happened slowly, but just in the last couple years, she started posting, I mean, things that actually made me concerned as a human and- Really? Yeah. And as like a science fan, uh- it started with very anti-trans stuff, which, you know, was yeah. concerning. That's uh, how you start. You write a bunch of wizard books, then you go anti-trans. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Then there's that lady. So it started there, which was, you know, troubling, but at least mostly outside of her domain as a vet, right? But then it started going into, like, vaccine denialism, Oh, no. And I don't think I've seen climate change denialism, but germ theory denialism. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, that, no, that's you're going to come up. Yeah, exactly. You're a doctor. You are a doctor and your patients cannot speak for themselves. This is bad. So then a couple of weeks ago, she posted a link to Red Pill Expo and said not to be missed. Uh -huh. And so I... You uh, obeyed that. <laughs> right. So actually, it's funny. I commented and said, oh, are you speaking? Because I had seen that she was speaking at a few of these types of events. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, no, not this one. And I said, oh, okay, but you're watching. And she, <laughs> she didn't reply. And I have a feeling she missed it. Oh, it can be missed. Yeah, it turns out it can be missed. Well, look who's the real believer. Yeah, who came? Us. We watched we it. We did. And its location is also pertinent yes so it was held on the almost direct opposite side of the united states from us on the east coast on jekyll island yeah in georgia and it's not uh, don't picture an island that's like you know far off 
at sea or anything like that. It's, you know, connected by a bridge. It's not too far mm. off of uh, some other almost islandy portions of Georgia. But it is notably the site of... The creation of... The Fed. The Federal Reserve was created at a secret meeting in 1910 at a particular clubhouse in Jekyll Island by a bunch of the the elites. What year? 1910. Like what really constitutes a secret meeting in 1910? You didn't you didn't it, send the town crier out to tell everybody? It wasn't on C-SPAN. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, the gentleman Whose first time is it here at the Federal Reserve? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes it a secret. The guy who started Red Pill University. Oh, yes. Which holds the Red Pill Expo. There's a prestigious school (laughs) attached to all of this. Yes. He wrote the dang book on Jekyll Island, which is the island you're describing. Which also sounds so... Uh, sinister. Sinister, right, because Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Except Jekyll is the mild-mannered. <laughs> right. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that because it's like Frankenstein's monster. You know, you hear oh, the name right. Frankenstein, you're like, oh, Frankenstein. Oh. And then you're like, no, nah, I just invented that guy. Yeah, I'm actually the mild-mannered alter ego. Yeah. Um, I'm the Bruce Banner. Oh, man, we're going to gonna accidentally create a theory that there's a Hyde Island somewhere. It's hidden. It's hiding. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, let them theorize that instead of some of these other things. (laughs) So, yeah, the guy who started all this, his name is G. Edward Griffith. Did I have that right? G. Edward Griffin? Griffith. Not to be confused with Griffith W. Griffith. Griffin, you're right. So the guy so this was all founded by this guy named G. Edward Griffin. And he he wrote a book about Jekyll Island and about the formation of the Federal Reserve, which is the U.S. banking system. This is the start of all of our freedoms being lost. Right. That's sort of the contention of the book, um, which has been pretty widely debunked, it seems. Not that I've looked into it thoroughly, but it, it seems that way. But this was, you know, where it all started, the idea of giving us fake phony money and getting us off of the gold standard and right. taking us into this future society in which they will own us and can take away our wealth at will. G. Edward uh, is also notable in that he was an early HIV AIDS denialist, didn't believe that um, AIDS is caused by the HIV Mm -hmm. um, virus, which it is. Uh, Also an early I can cure your cancer with a weird thing guy. Oh, yes. All into the whole Laetrile thing. Laetrile, yeah. If not the creator, then one of the prime early movers okay of uh eat some apricot pits in order to kill your cancer and it doesn't seem like he ever meets a conspiracy theory he doesn't like right you know like he's a 9-11 truther of course and uh you mentioned the hiv aids thing and also like jfk assassination theories and stuff mm-hmm. like that <laughs> just to zag on you the jfk thing of all the like things that people go on about i feel like jfk's death is like a little more complex than sure the official report. Funny, recently there was that that kind of list of different conspiracies and how they rank. I don't know if you saw it. Uh-uh. I posted it on our Facebook page, but 
yeah, it was really brilliantly put together. And there's kind of this organization from the bottom, which was things that have actually happened. And then there's this cluster of, you know, we just have questions because it doesn't seem like we know the whole picture. Uh And JFK was in there. Uh, And then there was this cluster of um, silly but harmless, like Bigfoot and stuff like that. And then you get into the things that are actually harmful, like the vaccine denialism. And then there's this line that's the anti-Semitic point of no return. Uh, And then you get to the hot red. You know, things on top, the, you know, the world banks and Uh, the, um, well, even flat earth Mm -hmm. easily goes into that territory. Certain segments of the ancient alien people. Right. And QAnon. Yep. It just seems like somehow it all comes back to anti-Semitism. But I think we've kind of alluded to this a few times in this episode already is that these ideas are all connected and it's really hard to just have one like i don't think we landed on the moon but everything else is crazy right yeah, yeah usually you know that's a high predictor if you believe one of those things you've started to that red pill is spread throughout your body yeah that's interesting isn't it which then i guess implies like if you're anything else you're just buying the Official story, hook, line, and sinker. Right. And also, if you have some internal consistency to these ideas, then mm-hmm. they, they do have logical conclusions, and one kind of connects to the yeah. next and connects to the next. And yeah. Yeah, and then if they're premised on the fact that everybody's lying to you. Right, which is basically what the flat earthers always say to us. Like, well, the reason they're doing this is to just destroy your sen- any sense you might have had of trusting your own senses or trusting your own knowledge and intuition. And next thing you know, you're looking at the NASA logo and saying, oh, see, NASA is the Hebrew word for to deceive. Oh, God. Is that one of them? (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, In case you were wondering where the anti-Semitic connection was, that is one of them. (laughs) What is the Hebrew word for to deceive? Something vaguely similar, but, Uh you know, they've... Obviously. Because there are only so many sounds your mouth can make. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's going to sound like something. <laughs> oh, boy. So we signed up. Uh, you can go to redpillexpo.org. Mm-hmm. And for a mere $40, yeah. we were able to get full streaming access. So you could go there <laughs> yeah. in person and possibly catch COVID or not if it doesn't exist. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Or you could watch it from afar. Yeah, Which and we, we said, afar, please. <laughs> Indeed, sign us up. Yeah, if you signed up really early, uh, it was 35 bucks, and uh, there were various other permutations. But yeah, 40 bucks, not bad. Yeah, it was kind of a complex ticketing system. It was like, if you want to go early, but you're only going to go to this, then it's this much. And if you're going to be a little later, but you want to... Uh, see this part then it's this much yeah if you want to go just to one day well you can pay the exact same amount that you would pay for both days uh (laughs) cool i'll buy i'll take both both then (laughs) it's a bogo oh yeah okay the early bird pricing oh i see we paid 45 dollars, or at least i did um that was the just in time payment but for Saturday only, that was also $45. Sunday only, $45. Well, hey, I guess I'll get both days. Thank uh, you. And then it gets weirder, folks. Yeah. Then the day of, you say, all right, I'm ready. And you sign into your email and you see, I didn't get any link to sign in. <laughs> you just go to the page and guess what? It's live streaming for the whole damn world. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's to, free. To my lights, it's even more fun than that because they send you an email 
after they say they'll send you a confirmation email with the link. They give you the link. You click on the link, and it just takes you to the buy tickets page. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And so I did that a few times, and then I wrote them a ticket saying, hey, I'm a little confused here. This is the link you gave me. It's not taking me to the video stream. Uh, the URL said, like, live stream, and then it just takes you to the, you can buy a ticket. Uh-huh. Thanks, did that. Right. For whatever, however you did it, you found the actual link to the streaming page. Well, yeah, I just finally, I went to the Red Pill Expo homepage. And, and it was just streaming. No, it was just right like there. Like on the homepage? The, yeah. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't need to give you $45. Because they were telling me not to share the link that they were giving me, <laughs> which didn't do anything. And so I, I finally got a response today, six days later, from the people saying, oh, you can just go to this link instead. That works, but great. I would have missed the whole thing. Thankfully, you gave me the actual link. Imagine if you missed the Red Pill Expo 2020. Oh, I'd be out $45. Wait, 45 Could that be because <gasps> Trump is number 45? Oh, mate. Legitimately possible. That's true. There's no coincidences with these people. Yeah, and they they do love Trump. It will come up. All right. So this expo is put on by Red Pill University. A fine establishment. A major project of the Freedom Force that originally was called Project Outreach. Okay. <laughs> this is all from their Facebook page. Just On the redpilluniversity.org site, they've got kind of a blue matrixy descent of um, mm. the ones and zeros. Oh, but yes, it's, yes. it's forming that same kind of visual style as the matrix, just not green. Excellent. In this Facebook description, Red Pill University is a major project of Freedom Force that originally was called Project Outreach based on the goal of reaching out to and creating solidarity with a much larger group of individuals. Okay. You didn't need to write any of that. None of that, that I didn't get any information there. Anyway, that larger group may not be aware of the principles expressed in the creed, but intuitively, they are in alignment with them and are motivated to participate in advocacy projects that have social and political outcomes. This means nothing. Hmm. Red Pill Expos are public informational events sponsored by Red Pill University. Their goal is to reach out to an even larger segment of the population. Those who, although still living in the matrix of illusion, uh, many aspects of their lives sense that something is wrong. The matrix of illusion. Mm -hmm. Hmm. They are truth seekers who would rather live in harsh reality than in blissful illusion. When they discover they are not alone and that the information we present is valid, the finest among them will want to become change agents and will come to RPU. Clap, clap, clap. clap RPU. Clap, 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 I hope they have like a fight song or something. <laughs> RPU, the greatest in the world. <laughs> I oh, like on I their diploma. On their home oh, their homepage at redpilluniversity.org is just so ripe. At the very top says, alert, our videos were disabled several months ago by Vimeo because of our skeptical view of the pandemic. Mm. We quickly found a way to reactivate them without Vimeo or YouTube, but this requires uploading many video files and the process is slow. Meanwhile, if you we see- We quickly figured it out, but the process is slow. <laughs> if you see, that's right, the bandwidth <laughs> is low. Sorry, this video does not exist. Click on the source below the video and you will likely find 
find what you seek. Wow. And then they've got a little highlight here. Top eight myths about COVID-19. And the graphic says, try to stop the spread of false information. And then if you click on that, it takes you to false information. <laughs> you want to hear some want to hear some myths? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me some things that are not true about COVID-19 Myth. that I might think are true. Myth. Flattening the curve will avoid healthcare overload and reduce deaths. Okay. Well, I don't know if it would avoid healthcare overload entirely, but it'll certainly reduce deaths. Well, the truth is healthcare overload is an unverified theoretical concern, but <laughs> flattening the curve does not reduce death rates. It increases them. What? Prolonging an epidemic delays herd immunity and results in more contagion among susceptible populations than if it runs its natural course. So if you let it run its natural course, only the strong will get it? Well, people will get infected more quickly. You'll be done with it. And the the same amount, or they're saying fewer people will die. That is incorrect. That's incorrect. And it would still hit the vulnerable populations. You wouldn't somehow miss them just because you did it faster. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. A myth number two. Without immediate drastic measures, millions and millions will die. Okay, well, that's... Already proving to be true. Right. Uh, the truth to that is predictions of frighteningly large numbers of deaths are based on biased computer models and fraudulent data. They are propaganda. Oh. Myth number three. Statistics prove that COVID-19 is a pandemic of epic proportions. True. Okay. After COVID-19 statistics are purged of deaths caused by conditions other than COVID-19, oh, there is no evidence that death rates are significantly different from seasonal Uh, I find this argument so irritating. Yeah. Like, okay, then you can't say anybody died of anything except their heart stopping. Yeah. Then you didn't die of flu either. You died of the pneumonia that the flu allowed to take over your lungs. You didn't get hit by a bus. You died of blood loss. (laughs) (laughs) The bus didn't didn't kill you. Anything with that. Another myth that sounds suspiciously similar. Hospital records prove that COVID-19 infections are of epic proportions. No, U.S. hospital records reveal there is a strong financial incentive from Medicare for diagnosing as many patients as possible as COVID-19 cases. Oh, my God. And people. E- even more so, ventilators are prescribed whether needed or not. Uh, this is... It is expensive to treat COVID-19. Yeah, exactly. This drives me batty when people are like, well, I heard a doctor say he gets paid more if he codes something as COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I should hope so. So a highly <laughs> contagious disease, right. you have to ward people off in a special wing of the hospital. And you're risking your own life to take care of them. <laughs> right. And then give them like... You get to sleep in your car because mm-hmm. you can't go in to see your family. Yeah. But I mean, th- the doctors themselves probably aren't getting any of this money. It's That's going true. into the treatment. Yeah, good point but it's incredibly expensive we're putting people on ventilators we're giving them like advanced therapeutics keeping them in parts of the hospital that have to be constantly decontaminated yeah give the hospital money to handle it (laughs) totally yeah you know you'd be a lot happier if you'd taken that red pill i offered you I don't think I would. Okay, myth. Everyone should be tested because that makes it possible to quarantine those who are contagious, and this will save lives. Okay, that's true. No, no. Here's the truth. The standard COVID-19 test for those with no symptoms produces a false positive 80% of the time. (laughs) Quarantining infected people may reduce the speed of contagion, but not the death rate. Quarantines increase death rates because they delay herd immunity, which is what brings all pandemics to a close. So this person has never met anyone who's taken a COVID-19 test because I've taken like seven of those fuckers and never gotten a false positive. 
Yeah, and you know, the, yes, there have been tests that have a uh, you know high false positive rate. Sure, but, but not eighty percent. Right, and there's many tests now that are very good and much higher than that. So they're just kind of hung up on some early tests that they wanted to single out. I mean, were they ever eighty percent though? Eighty percent false positive. That's a good question. I can't say, it, but I'm I'm going to even like allow that that might have been the case at okay. one point. Okay. Uh, myth. Generous. Everyone should be vaccinated because unvaccinated people spread diseases. Okay, that's kind of a myth. I mean, you can't, there are some people you cannot vaccinate. Oh, there you go. That's right. You use the word everyone. Well, truth, those who are vaccinated may be immune to a disease, but they carry and spread pathogens the same as those who are not vaccinated. Well, no fucking duh. Yeah, what's the point here? Forcing the unvaccinated to accept vaccines will not further protect those who already are immune. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, how do you know they're immune? Okay, myth. Vaccines are based on over 200 years of science and experience. It is foolish to question their safety or effectiveness. Well, oh my goodness. Truth. Vaccine science may have been founded on sound concepts, but in the past few decades, it has become tainted with conflicts of interest and political agendas. It is foolish to trust any product from this industry today. Oh, Boy, I'm learning a lot of this uh, university. Yeah. And the final myth. When the COVID-19 lockdown finally is removed, life will return to normal. <laughs> nope. Authorities are saying the lockdown may not be removed until a contact tracing surveillance system is in place, which will prevent a return to normal in any sense of the word that includes liberty and privacy. And mm, there you have it, folks. Wow. That is the red pill. Uh, well, speaking of this vet, whose name I still haven't said, but let's call her Mrs. Vet. She's been posting these articles that claim that they're going to be these like worldwide systems of governance that suddenly we're going to throw together and you won't be able to travel at all unless you've been vaccinated for COVID-19 and you're going to have a chip in your hand, of course. Uh-huh. And, yep. um, you know, this this huge data management system that suddenly is just thrown up over the whole goddamn world. Like, we can't, we can't even cooperate on how much CO2 to release, but suddenly every country in the world is all in got cahoots. together. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and we're They're like... They're all enforcing this. Yeah, and just us, the guys in charge, we're going to be the only ones who know that this is going on, but like all of the rest of the citizenry, we're just going to pull the wool over their eyes and they, yep, yeah. they just did it. Yeah. it and then any new easy. piece of information, you just modify that story however you need to uh -huh. and never do you step out of the story just for a moment to say like, this is the most plausible explanation. Right. Or By the way, there are Black Ops helicopters flying overhead right now, surveying <laughs> our every move, in case you hear all that noise it's outside so Carrie's apartment. Loud. All right. So uh, let's let's look at the schedule for the Red Pill Expo. Yeah. So really, it got going Saturday, October 10th. So we wouldn't be able to attend to every talk, unfortunately. But just to give you an idea of the sort of gems that were on offer that day, we have The Pandemic Fraud Runs Deeper Than You Think by Andrew Kaufman, <sighs> Dr. Andrew Kaufman. We have famous conspiracy theorist David Icke doing a live Q&A. Yeah, that's exciting. Sheriff Richard Mack giving a talk on protecting against tyranny as well as crime. John Rappaport giving a talk called The Cult of COVID is Based on Lies and Blind Faith. Okay, 
you guys, we got to get our titles shorter. They can't be a whole sentence like that. <laughs> uh, Carrie Rivera, how I helped 1,500 children recover from autism. Oh, no. Mickey Willis, why I produced Plandemic, the internet's most viewed film. <sighs> Which I doubt that that's even accurate. Alex Newman, infected money is bunk. A cashless society is the goal. <laughs> George Gammon, The Great Reset to Servitude. Oh, my God. And then the following day, there would be Tim Ray with The Sleeping Masses Are Waking Up. Let's Accelerate the Process. (laughs) (laughs) Well, these are really long titles. Mm -hmm. I like this title down here. VIP Buffet Lunch for those who choose this option will be available in the room (laughs) adjacent to the auditorium. I want to hear that talk. Uh, David Martin, PhD, technocracy is driving our species to extinction. <laughs> kind of true. Del Big Tree, good name. Here's his, t- <laughs> here's his talk. It's true we are winning the war against forced vaccinations. Um, <laughs> Cynthia McKinney, identity politics is divide and conquer in disguise. <sighs> Christian Westbrook. Engineered food shortages, weapon for political control. Marjorie Wildcraft. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, good names here. How to grow emergency food even in the city. Huh, well, that's Actually, nice. yeah, okay. I'm kind of down for that one. Got <laughs> <laughs> to get her on the show. Yeah, how do I grow an MRE? Randy Pinocchi, stop complaining and run for office. All right. Love this. G. Edward Griffin with a talk called Who Are They? Oh, yeah, I've got to see that. Who who are they? Yeah, please tell us. I want to know that, Mr. Chief Conspiracy Theorist, who got this whole thing started. Yeah. Yeah. So that's quite a lineup. Those are the major talks. Yeah, I I still want to watch some of these that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, we we won't get to all of them, but we will tell you about the ones we saw. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So I got in around 1030 Eastern time. Oh, yeah, since this was uh, in Georgia. Um, Mm -hmm. you know everything was eastern time when i logged in and by logged in i mean open the web page what was being streamed was this older gentleman it was just it was so exactly what i expected to see it was like i could have drawn it like what's the red pill expo gonna look like Uh uh-huh oh this old white man wearing a maga hat okay bob the plumber i'm in the right place oh everybody was so on point that there's a diversity there but it's a diversity within a monoculture. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a suit jacket and he's got a bright red hat and he's an old white guy. Mm-hmm. And that bright red hat says make America great again. Mm-hmm. Which, so he still hasn't done it, huh? Yeah. America's still not great? Well, for a while they were going to go with uh, keep America great. Right. But, you know, and then I think MAGA realized, was just working so well. Yeah. And as Pence would say, you know, we're going to make America great again, again. He actually said that during Uh, the Republican convention. (laughs) Um, All right. So it turns out this guy on my screen in his red MAGA hat is a seller of chlorine dioxide, a kind of bleach that has made the rounds in the last few years as a sort of claimed cure-all, even though it's very dangerous to drink, and you should not. You should not. You shouldn't do it. And they're going to other countries in Uh Africa and giving this to people. Yeah, they also sell it in these United States, although the FDA has told them to stop it, Mm -hmm. um, and especially to stop selling it and saying that it cures cancer or treats COVID, uh, because it doesn't. And it can make you incredibly ill. But 
there's this church called Genesis 2 Church that basically their whole deal is selling that particular kind of bleach. Oh, great. So uh, MAGA hat guy, I guess, is either with that church or otherwise selling the same product. They also refer to it as MMS. I found that on yes. one of their websites. Multiple Miracle Solution, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's okay. like that. Good gravy. <laughs> yeah, they were promoting their website, clo2.tv. Mm. And oh boy! Oh yeah! If you wanna, if you wanna have some fun viewing, go there. Oh, cool! Talk about their efforts to spread this miracle drug. CLO two. It's interesting that a person would not believe in viruses, but still believe in like molecules of chemistry. Yeah, I feel like it's just whoever told them to do this. As long as the government's not telling, you know what? Mm. That's a good way to fix all this: is to have the government tell people that they have to take. <laughs> Uh, chlorine dioxide chlorine dioxide yeah if you could get it so like the cdc could put out alerts that only get shown to these people <laughs> but have them say like mandated get- tomorrow everyone must take chlorine dioxide then immediately they drop it so yeah get cambridge analytica up in this <laughs> they'll target it very specifically yeah these people um no that'll actually get out of hand and you'll ruin the world <laughs> oh shucks I know. well it was fun for a moment <laughs> Thanks for letting me have that moment. You're welcome. So this guy also thinks that MMS can kill malaria and that it, quote, brings people back from autism. Oh, yes. That's mm. right. That was kind of what he led with. My Ugh. goodness. And he said he gives his product away mostly for free, especially in Uganda. And then he's like, and in Uganda, like, you know, they're not going to pay you. Sometimes they try to give me a chicken. Oh, right. Which is really hard to get back through customs. That that was kind of his little humorous aside. But yeah, he was saying, and there's no money to be made from this. You know, it's plentiful. It's cheap to make. It's everywhere. So, you know, I'm just doing this out of the goodness of my heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, he uh, had a documentary about killing the malaria parasite with Alan Keyes. Mm. Alan Keyes is another really interesting character here who okay. uh, works together with Bob the Plumber. Ah, okay. Now, Bob the Plumber is not this guy's real name, right? No, his middle name is The. His last name is Plumber. <laughs> I think his name isn't even Bob, right? Oh. Like, I think I found this guy somewhere else. So, Bob the Plumber, of course, is a reference to... Oh, the guy who came up in the was it McCain? Um, yeah, because I think it was McCain. Yeah, because Sarah Palin kept talking about oh Joe the plumber. Joe the plumber. That's right. Oh, you're right. Okay. But I I think this guy was styling himself after that moment. Right. I want to capture that everyday man. But then I think I remember looking it up, and his name is like Alan or something. Unless he tells you that chlorine dioxide really clears out your pipes. <laughs> if you get it <laughs> I do get it then, I do. then he'd be a plumber yeah yeah apparently fun. he has his own uh, show that you can listen to Bob the Plumber every Friday 2pm Eastern Time on what? Brighteon I think it's just like a <laughs> little hosting platform oh, okay it's like an online yeah because I think thing. they okay. I think they had their documentary hosted on Brighteon as well yeah okay so there was that guy so uh, what I had tuned in in the middle of was this little parade they were doing very efficiently where they would bring up vendors from the vendor tables outside mm-hmm. the exhibitors if you will that's very nice for the vendors yeah. To and do that at a convention. Totally. And they'd come up for maybe about two minutes each, give their little elevator pitch and get down. And honestly, I was impressed by 
how quickly they kept it moving. They mm. really got these people to stick to two or three minutes, summarize their thing and get down. Mm-hmm. So that's what I had come in the middle of. And so next was, oh, have you seen this artist? No. Oh. I don't think I've seen this part yet. I dropped off after Bob the Plumber. Next was an artist named Cata Billups. Is this the one who wears the white wig? Oh, or at least on the the ad that they were playing in the this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Though she looks wild there, she looks totally different. Okay, uh, yeah, it's stage. like really crazy heavy makeup and a big white poofy wig. Yeah, like um. Before like, any of this started, there was just a forty-five minute uh, feed of ads from their various supporters, and Kata is that her name? Uh, was one of them, and it's just so wild. Yeah, tell me about her. Uh, Red pill art. Yeah, she's wearing like an Amadeus wig and the <laughs> thing Ross is looking at. So, yeah, I just texted you, Ross, a link to my uh, Google Drive notes if you want to follow along because there's some pictures of this art. We just became friends. How did you have my number? <laughs> I intuited it. I actually sent that to every number I could think of, so I'm glad it reached you. <laughs> um, I sent it to... Three. Uh-huh. I said it to 47. <laughs> okay, so she is a red pill artist. Oh, I'm on page six of my notes. Oh, okay. You might be asking yourself, what does that mean? Well, she's a Christian, and she believes that Christian art doesn't have to be all, you know, sheeps and Jesus and flowing robes and lights. And flying eagles. Right. So instead, she... She delivers the message to the people in a new way. So, for example, she brings her husband up on stage and he's holding this enormous painting that she has painted. And it is a depiction of, have you, can you see it yet? Uh, yes, I'm with it. Okay, so we have a painting of a room. Okay. There's a man and a woman in the room, mm-hmm. both dressed in like sort of... Mod, late 60s Yeah, clothing. exactly. Uh, both... Uh, a shag carpet. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, four love posters on the wall. Yep. She's wearing like a mini skirt. He's wearing just underwear and a robe and holding a teacup. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's like some uh, Roy Lichtenstein like uh, uh, pop art in the background, like a giant comic book with a crying woman. Yep. And then she's pointing at a dish that's on the floor. And Is that a blow up doll with an apron? And then to the right, we have. <laughs> A, you're right, it is a blow-up doll that's uh, on her back on the floor. Now, I didn't get any story from this. I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah, so, okay, uh, this is my first time seeing it. Yeah, yeah, make a guess. I'm going to say the woman who is with her back face toward us Mm -hmm. and a skirt that couldn't be shorter, um, (laughs) it looks like she's pointing down to the ground at a plate that has a blue pill and a red pill. That's right. Very large pills that would get lodged in these people's <laughs> yes, throats. Yes, choke on them, yep. Because <laughs> they're the size of muffins. <laughs> so I'm guessing the conversation is about trying to lure him out of his ways. Okay. So he'll put on some proper clothes and <laughs> drop his tea and take the red pill. Okay, you're, you're, you're 
doing good. Okay, so here's what's happening in this image. Cool. These two are husband and wife. Okay. And she walked in on him having sex with the blow-up doll. Well, I see it, and I knew it was a blow-up doll, so okay, so so far so good. So she walks in on him having sex with the blow-up doll. Presumably he takes his penis out, drops it, puts his underwear back on, and grabs a teacup? Wait, he dropped his penis? She walks in on him having sex with the blow-up doll. Okay, he's still got his, like, big, heavy black shoes on, but okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, Kata explains, well, she just walked in on him having sex, and I'm like, how? He's fully dressed and holding a teacup. <laughs> a, a cup of, we assume, hot tea. Right. Huh. Uh, so he's like, oh, no, I wasn't doing anything. Puts his <laughs> underwear on and his robe and grabs the teacup. I don't know. Laces up his big black boots. Okay. So she realizes in that moment that the sexual revolution is not all it's cracked up to be. She takes that red pill that's laying on <laughs> the floor there and disavows the sexual revolution. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah, none of that <laughs> was apparent. No. <laughs> uh, all right. But Christian art doesn't have to be all sheeps and things. Oh, it's not. There's no sheep in this uh, painting. And her art is fucking great. It's on eBay. Yeah, well, I was going to say, was she selling it there? Um, I like she, she was. Did the guy holding it next to her, was he? That's uh, her husband. Did he say anything? Not really. He's just a prop? Yeah, kind of. Okay. So if you go to her eBay, Kata Billups, who has 100% positive feedback, she sells her art there. And oh, man, I wish I could afford it. It's so bonkers. I wish it yeah, I wish this room could just be full of them. Okay. There's a painting of like the Beatles, but they have thought bubbles and they're thinking about boobs. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's so nuts. Um, and then she also has a wild YouTube where she's wearing that white wig and doing what I guess are comedy commentary videos, but don't Ooh, really make sense I to like me. this one of uh, Alex Jones Ooh. popping balloons. And uh, Anthony Fauci next to him. Oh, right, right, Bill right. Bill Gates, and, and I think maybe we've got a beetle in the background. Yeah. Yeah, this is wild. Yeah, there's one of Janis Joplin leaning against a painting of Jesus, and then there's a red pill in the foreground, and the caption says, Janis took the ultimate red pill. But Janis Joplin wasn't a Christian, so I don't even know what that means. She grew up Christian, and then... Oh, interesting. He wasn't. Okay. And then died of a heroin overdose. Oh, no. Yeah, so I'm not sure what I'm supposed to take from that. Yeah, anyway, so that's Kata. Yeah, wild. Ugh, love her. Then next was a guy who kind of looks like poor man Steve Carell. And oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> right? Good description, yeah. And he sells coins. So this would be the second person I ran into who sold coins in the first, like, 20 minutes I had joined this oh, wow. live stream. So who are you going to buy your coins from? <laughs> I can't decide. Yeah, so not too surprisingly, there were a number of people here who had a lot to say about the gold standard, a lot to say. Everybody's really excited about putting their wealth into gold and silver. It seems like it's an old man thing. Yeah, and, and a conservative Christian thing. Mm. Yeah, my ex from many years ago grew up in a small conservative christian home and boy there was so much talk of the gold standard every time we saw his parents it's interesting my my dad's kind of gotten into that a little bit he's not oh well that's interesting i don't know he 
you know, labels himself a Democrat, but hmm. I wouldn't say all his uh, beliefs are fully aligned with that. But he's kind of gotten into buying that. And as a very generous gift, he gave me a gold Krugerrand back in 2011. Oh, what? It's a um, South African coin, and it's just an ounce of pure gold. Oh, wow. Stamped into a coin. Yeah, and when he gave it to me, it was kind of at a relative peak. Gold had been going up. Oh, huh. And that one coin was worth... at the time. Yeah, it's like, whoa, thanks. Okay, all right. Well, I'll definitely hide this away. Uh And then immediately gold fell off of a cliff and just it's been going down and down and down. And I kept thinking like, boy, if I'd sold it then, I could buy three of them now. Sure. And uh, just finally gold has started going up again. So now it's the first time in nine years that it's been worth more than it was when I got it. Since Uh, we started the show. Yeah. So I calculated. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, So I calculated if I had invested that money at 0.6 interest rate, Mm-hmm. It would now be worth the same amount, ah. which is not impressive. But hey, I'll take it. Buy low, sell high. That's a very generous gift. Thank you, Dad. Uh, you know what else is a generous gift he gave you? Life. Life. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. That's where I was going with that. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the the guy who sells coins introduced us to the book World Without Cancer, which is by Griffin Griffith, who started yeah. this whole thing. D- did uh, the coin guy have any particular selling points for why his coins were better or purer or prettier? If he did, I didn't write them down. Okay. But he did say that everyone's going to move to a digital money system through the feds, so you want to get your coins while you can. Oh, okay. Interesting. I wonder... I haven't yet heard anybody talk about Bitcoin. I wonder how they feel about cryptocurrency. Oh, right. You know what? I take it back. I did hear one of the last talks, and that guy was saying that he'd been personally burned by cryptocurrency because he had a bunch of Bitcoin that was in the Mt. Gox bank that got hacked. Oh. And he said that he lost something that would now be worth like $23 million. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wonder if that's true. But quite possibly. Bitcoin has skyrocketed, but there's also been these huge breaches. Sure. Of what's supposed to be super secure currency. Uh, So, yeah, he holds up that book, that cancer cure book that our Lord and Savior, G. Edward Griffith. Griffin? Griffin. Griffin. Roads. We we get confused because we live very close to Griffith Park. Yes. It actually lies between our respective domiciles. That's true. And uh, it was created by Griffith W. Griffith. Griffith J. Griffiths. Was it J? I think so. You're probably right. I think that's right. I think you're thinking of D.W. Griffith. <laughs> this is getting very confusing. Who was the racist film director who right. created... Uh, Birth of a Nation. Yes. Yes. Okay, anyway. And also, of course, the famous Griffith Observatory. Don't forget that. Yes. Griffith. You're right. Griffith J. Griffith. Okay, there we go. So don't confuse him with G. Edward Griffin. Right. Or or Peter Griffin. Or D. He's from Family Guy. Griffith. Or Or Gryffindor. Or 10 points to Gryffindor. uh, 30 under 30 media luminary Griffin McElroy. (laughs) Okay, uh, so this guy holds up that book and is like, we all know who this guy is, right? And everyone's like, oh, yes, yes. Some grifter. Uh, oh, I see. He looks so happy. <laughs> I was like, why is he so happy? Oh, fun. Um, yeah, so he holds up that book. He's like, you got to read it if you haven't read it. Apricot seeds are the cure for cancer. This book explains the whole thing. Oh, yeah, we talked about that in our Tijuana cancer clinic episode yeah they were they were really big on laetrile 
Yeah, it's, oh boy, sad. But apricot seeds also contain a high amount of cyanobacteria that basically becomes cyanide in your body if you have too much of it. That's bad. You don't want it, guys. You don't want to do that. Not good. That was that guy. And now I think you'll really like the look of the next person, if you scroll down in my notes. Um, He's what? Yeah, wow. Okay, the next guy. He's He's a a young Santa. Yeah, if you were going, okay. You walk into a Swedish store. Uh huh. Everything's made of wood. It smells of pine. Off in the distance, you hear cuckoo clocks playing, and mm-hmm. uh, and Christmas has just begun. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there are a hand carved nutcrackers before thee, and the Santas are just a little off of the American <laughs> version. It's a thinner Santa, a handsomer Santa, but His name perfectly is Piotr. symmetrical. Exactly. Piotr Claus. And this is him. What's great is, yeah, he is a younger Santa. He's uh, still got, it's kind of blonde hair, but it's starting to whiten. Mm -hmm. And I think my favorite feature is that the beard doesn't fade into its bulk. It's just there's a hard line high up on his cheek where Mm. beard starts here, hair growth (laughs) begins, and it is complete. Yeah, like he's a a paper doll and someone decided, (laughs) no, he will have a beard. Yeah, wow. I'm going to put it on. And then he also has a sort of cowlick hairdo that's pretty mm-hmm. fun. Anyway, what a delight to just look at. And and also uh, like a cerulean blue coat. Yes, or, like, or, I love that. Or almost periwinkle, or, yeah. Yeah, oh. Yeah, this is delightful. Yeah, he's I great. could look at him all day. Yeah, you should because you sure don't want to hear what he's about to say. Oh, no. Um, so... <laughs> He explains that he provides financial resources to terminally ill people because he survived terminal cancer. And he's like, now I have to be really careful here. I can't say heal or cure. Okay. But, but, but real treatments are blessed by God and Laotril is blessed by God. Anyway, Ugh. don't wear a mask or do, do whatever you want. You're but a pe- bad Santa. But people shouldn't, shouldn't be pressured to. And then he explains how he helps people who are dying. Here's what he does. He buys your life insurance policy out from under you. So he can get a payoff when you die? Yeah. Well, you know, this is a a whole thing, buying life insurance policies. Yeah, I don't know how exactly it works. but How do you do that? It's something like reverse mortgaging. And I don't say, how do you do that? Like, tell me how to do that. I mean, like, how can you get away with that? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, but... Then, you know, then he gives that person a very small amount of payout. Uh-huh. Uh, but then their family, of course, gets nothing when they do die. Pretty oh, cool. you predator. That's how that seems to me. Yes. Who okay. knows? And then he helps them get cancer treatments. Treatments like Laetrile. Presumably. Or other alternative medicine treatments Probably. that are blessed by God. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, oh, neat. looks like he had some choice words on masks. Yeah, yeah. Don't wear a mask or do. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was he was making fun of masks, and then he said like, "Don't do it. Don't wear a mask." And then he, you know, kind of caught himself mid sentence, and I think thought, "Well, wait, wait, wait. My whole thing's freedom. If you want to wear a mask, you can. Uh, you can wear a mask." So then he reversed course for a second. Well, or do, but the point is, do what you want. Mm-hmm. I always want to ask these people like, okay. Is all clothing optional? Right. What is not optional? Like, uh, right. Why are you so hung up on this one thing? Right. 
Can and, I just start driving on the left side of the street? or? And if I had attended in person, I would have loved to have worn a mask, A, to help protect myself, but B, just to see all the side eye I would get from people. Oh, sure. For all their liberty loving, I'm sure they would uh, look askance at me. And while it would provide some protection to you, mostly you'd be protecting them. Right. Ugh. All right. Then we had Daria Demkovich. She is a licensed pharmacist and doctor. She looks like your angry PE teacher. Totally. She's about to tell me to take five more laps. Yeah, definitely. So she was a, a licensed pharmacist. Used to be a surgeon for 20 years, she said. I looked her up. She really does still have a doctor license. Okay. But she's pretty much left that sector because she realized that she wanted to put all of her attention into Beamer. Oh, we've run into Beamer briefly before. Yep. At the um, protest against the uh, vaccines. Yeah, the Million Moms March. There was a a booth for Beamer, and they were trying to sell us these chairs with coils on them. Yeah, so they're supposed to improve your microcirculation. Oh, okay. But it's a multi-level marketing company, so... Of course it is. Yeah, so uh, that's always questionable. But so she's mostly doing that because she believes in it so much. She said, Beamer overrides all the cellular interruptions that bother us from the outside world. Oh, yeah, there's uh, EMF protection built in but but it plugs in (laughs) oh uh anyway she said what god has given us is incredible and i love the thought of god having invented the beamer (laughs) (laughs) that's b-e-m-e-r if for some horrible reason you want to look that up (laughs) and then next there was a guy who runs the freedom law school okay i couldn't tell you much about the freedom law school except that they hate taxes So he asked, rhetorically asked the audience, uh, what's the number one government organization that controls you? And they all shout, IRS. That reminds me, back in fifth grade, when I played King Josiah in the play, Good Kings Come in Small Packages. Ah, that's Uh, cute. Yeah, that was the one where I learned to sing the Ten Commandments that Ah, I always play back in my head, count to ten. Count to ten. Well, uh, there's this whole song by the taxmen, and they're wearing suits, and they sing things like, We want money, money for the treasury, all your money, money for the king. Take your silver and gold, and now do as you are told. We want money, money for the king. And then they introduce themselves. The three of them turn their briefcases around, and the first one has a big I, and the guy says, I rip off. And then the next person turns their briefcase around and says, R, rake it in. And then the third suitcase turns around, it's an S. And Uncle Sam. Wow. And it plays like a little do, 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 do. And, you know, as a fifth grader, I didn't realize the deep propaganda built into this little play that we were performing at our school. But it's just so funny to see this now. IRS equals, it's really Satan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ross is skipping ahead in the notes. But, yeah, he asked the audience, do you know what IRS really stands for? It's really Satan. (laughs) I mean, and he said it in a way that was like, I'm joking, but, you know, also not joking. underlying truth right there's a lot of that like the word play and oh look we found some message that we kind of read into this but now it's really imbued with significance because that's how we really view it right and also if you ask me if i'm serious i'm gonna act like you're a dummy if that serves my purposes in the moment Mm -hmm. but plausibly deniable right but then if uh if it doesn't then i'll act like you're a dummy for not realizing i 
had said some bit of wisdom. So, uh, oh yeah. So this guy's whole thing was that he will teach you how to avoid paying your taxes. Oh, goody. Yeah. He said the IRS has brainwashed. You. Oh, I'm sorry, international listeners. The IRS is the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, right. Service, which is our uh, uh, tax collecting organization in the United States. They're um, like, huh, really? It stands for I rip off, rig it in, and Uncle Sam? <laughs> So, yeah, he said, I can show you how to legally, lawfully stop filing and paying income tax. And I have done that for 30 years myself. I have been under investigation with the IRS for 25 years. They have not been able, obviously, to stop me. And then everyone clapped for him. I was like, what? So I'm paying for things for you. Right, right. So, okay, let me clap because you're phenomenally selfish. Yeah. And this happened, you know, just after the reporting on Trump having paid nearly Dodged no taxes. his taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope he gets Al Capone. Okay. Me too. So, oh, and then, then very cool. He makes a comparison to slavery. Um, <sighs> the IRS is making us all slaves, mm-hmm. working for free for them. What do they give us? Just like what? Roads and social services and uh, the ability to live a modern life. And the police force and the firefighters and public schools. Okay. But anyway, if you go to this guy and take his instruction on how to avoid paying your taxes, then he'll give you a seven-year, $1 million guarantee that the IRS won't come after you. Huh. Okay, and yet he's saying that the IRS has come after him. Yes, that's right, for the last 25 years. Hmm. And also, I'm sure if the IRS is like, hi, we want to jail you for not paying your taxes, you're going to get a great deal of relief knowing like, (laughs) oh, that's okay, because I can sue Kevin. Maybe that's why he's been hounded by them for 25 years, because he's taking everyone else's flack. He gives and he gives. Oh, okay, he's like Jesus. Exactly. Okay. He's the tax whipping boy. The IRS contacts you and you're like, you know what? Actually, it's okay. <laughs> Kevin I paid someone to help me do this. Or was it uh, Carl? No, no, Kevin. Uh, I just called him Kevin. I don't know his name. But he kind of looks like, who does he look like? Mark Ruffalo? Poor man's Mark Ruffalo? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then we had Carl Buzz Thompson. That's a good name. And he is passionate about the device that he and his wife sell. It is a technology that turns humidity into hydrogen peroxide. Oh, yeah, I saw the ad for that. Okay. Hydrogen peroxide is, isn't that like Vaseline? No, it's... um, Hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, like you can buy it by itself in the dark brown bottles usually. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, Yes, yes, like Milka stuff. No? You know, it's like people used to put it on wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. I did it. Okay, remember like a year ago when I cut my foot? (laughs) Yes. And then it was like horribly infected. I went to a 7-Eleven and asked them for like something to disinfect it. And they were like, well, here's the old school way. And I was like, okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. It made it worse. Oh, no. You don't want to do that. Anyway. In case you can't get your hands on some hydrogen peroxide, Carl Buzz Thompson and his wife will turn your moisture into it. (laughs) Um, And he said, it's the secret for people who don't want to get sick. It's like lifting the roof off this place and letting the sunlight in. I just, I don't understand it because it seems like each of these people have their own little miracle cure. Right. And 
just immediately, I think there should be some competition between all these different miracle cures. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I watched that whole stream of ads for the various things that you could buy from these vendors. And, uh, yeah, okay, I see the molecular hydrogen. Oh, actually, that's a different one. Molecular hydrogen. That's another device you can buy. Uh, but then they're selling sovereign silver, which I assume is colloidal silver. That's interesting. I would have thought sovereign silver was like another gold standard type thing. Oh, just that it came in a bunch of bottles. So uh, I assume I it's an elixir of some sort. Probably. Uh, then there's the Beamer Group. You know, they've got their little magical device. Mm-hmm. There's this Relax FIR Sauna that improves circulation and all of that. It's like everybody has their one thing. What are you supposed to do? Fill your home with all of these? It seems mm-hmm. like you can really only devote yourself to one, maybe two. Yeah. Th- this other guy selling nitric oxide and vitamin D3 saved my life. It's the cardio miracle. Right. It's like everybody has their weird little molecule that they're promoting, but they can't all be right. Yeah, especially when your claim is as vague as like basically a cure-all. Like this just makes you healthy. Yeah. But. But I think when you're united against a common enemy, the details kind of fall to the wayside. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's either cute or I don't have to pay attention to your particular product because I'm I'm on team air purifier. But um, but I'm happy for you because you're you're aligned with me against the feds. Because our only real competitor is a regulated medical system. Right. As long as we're both fighting that, we're making space As long as we're for... just free to make whatever claims we want yeah. and sell our elixirs and snake oils, we're A-OK. Here's another ad for Jerry Day's EMFHelpCenter.com. Solutions and support for utility meter issues and electromagnetic fields in the home and workplace. Okay. Like everybody's got their own little thing. Yeah, and he's got a a 5G protection plan. Well, Ross, I know that you find mask wearing extremely uncomfortable and you're completely against it, but not. I think there's a piece of clothing we can all agree everyone should wear and be required to wear. I'll say it. Wow. Okay, you'll go there. Yeah. Well, I I mean, the only thing I would agree to on that count. So I hope you're thinking this too, is footwear. And well, you're way ahead of me. I was going to say, and if I had to recommend a particular footwear, I would recommend Rothy's. Oh, yeah. I just, I think every American should be required to wear Rothy's in particular. And you can find some patriotic Rothy's. Sure. That's uh, your deal. And I think maybe the entire world. I think this should be the first worldwide law. Everyone has to wear Rothy's. Why, you ask, Carrie, why? Well, it's because they're the dang cutest shoes. I have a cute pair of Rothy's. They're green. They have a star on them, a gold star. They're really cute. Mm -hmm. They're very soft and pliable, fit right to your foot right out of the box. Don't cut up your ankle, thank God. And... They are sustainable. They're made from old water bottles. But not just like if you cut open a water bottle and put it on your foot. No. Like like recycled. Recycled and refined, really. And uh, my wife loves her Rothy's. In fact, uh, she wanted me to buy a new pair just like the old pair. And when she got the new pair, she still has kept the old pair around. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she doesn't want to give that up because she can still wear them. Too good. That's right. It's so hard to hold a cat and knit and do a podcast. (laughs) Maybe you're trying to do too many things. I don't think 
So, Speaking of knitting, mm-hmm. Rothy shoes are seamlessly knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. That's right. That's what makes them ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on. Zero break-in period. That's right. And another major bonus, they're fully machine washable. That's right. Every yeah. time they need a refresh, you can simply toss them in the washing machine. Easy. From start to finish, Rothy's prioritizes sustainability in manufacturing every step of the way. So if you want a pair of these stylish, wonderful shoes, or they also have sneakers now. Yeah. And bags. And bags. Yeah. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash oh no. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O. Seriously, they're great shoes. Go get some. Now, for rothys.com, you want to use the code oh no. But mm-hmm. what if you're going to some other site? And you're trying to figure out what code do I use there to get a discount? Oh, I see where you're coming from. That's a good point. Well, you know, Ross, these days it feels like online shopping is the only shopping we really do. I do quite a bit of online shopping. Yeah, it's it's largely true. Or at least of the shopping I do, much of it is online. Uh Uh-huh, right. I don't mean to insinuate that I am constantly just buying things. (laughs) That's all you do. On the internet. But uh, yeah, that's where our sponsor, Honey comes in it's the free Hunter. browser extension honor honey i don't remember how that song goes shiny but i'm trying to sing uh the winnie the pooh honey song oh yeah honey honey oh. honey 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 oh, that was a good movie yeah honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes yeah so here's how it works you get honey on your computer for free You get it in two easy clicks by going to joinhoney.com slash ono. And when you're checking out on one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons. And it it tries them out. It checks out different coupons and it figures out which one is the best coupon to get you a discount on whatever you're shopping for. It's stupid easy. And you can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash ono. And remember, it's join Honey. Make sure that uh, they know we sent you yes please and thank you and you will be glad it's one of those sort of no-brainer devices that once you have it you're like ah oh. yeah you had this before we found out about it mm-hmm. on the podcast it's a and good i downloaded it and it yeah. uh sits there in the background trying to get me good deals yeah and i bet sometimes it does uh but back to carl buzz thompson for a yeah. sec he also has a very important client for his bill gates. Um, thing that turns humidity into hydrogen peroxide i don't think it's bill gates let's see if you alicia can... silverstone no let's see if you can decipher it from the hints he gave us here's okay. what he said oprah winfrey here's what he said i'm not allowed to say which house but you can figure it out the white house this is why they don't get sick over there. The red house, the blue house, you can figure it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this was after Trump and like 38 uh-huh. other people connected to the White House got COVID-19. Got COVID. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess your product doesn't work so good. I mean, they all did seem to get better. Okay. Yep. Uh, so his company is called Germ Free MD. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then next we had the MCs. I assume you saw them. They're this husband and wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw them uh, come up at the beginning. Very strong, stereotypical American South vibe. Uh, He's wearing a cowboy hat. They both have Southern accents. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Donna Fiducia, Mm -hmm. and she was a newscaster for like 26 years. Oh, wow. And I guess most notably on Fox. 
like uh, for the bulk of her career. But she also anchored for CBS, ABC, VH1 Media. Apparently, that, she's a known quantity. Yeah, that checks out. She, um, you know, there's certain people who get on stage and just have like a good presence, presence. and yeah, control of their interaction with the audience and so on. Okay. She had. Yeah, and then he was just the the guy, and so mm-hmm. uh, his name was Don Newen. That's her husband. And they co-host Cowboy Radio together. And uh, very appropriate because he's got his uh, cowboy hat on and wearing his uh, white cowboy shirt. They they both got blue jeans and he's got a big old buckle. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm Silver looking for? Silver belt buckle? Yeah, but it's like blingy, really shiny, like oh. it's studded or something. Shiner. It's got filigree, right? Yeah, and then Donna has um, an overshirt that's got a bunch of paisley on it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're definitely rocking that kind of cowboy look. For um, sure. But yeah, he had this whole thing where he wanted to get attention from the audience. And so he'd yell out, I'm... And then he wanted... Oh, yeah. What did he want them to say? I couldn't hear them. He wanted the audience to yell, Don Newen. His name? His name. Ew. He, he had this whole awkward thing at the beginning where he had to establish this. Like, okay, I'm going to yell, I'm. And you're going to yell, Don Newen. So you'll remember my name because I'm not famous like Donna. Oh, my God. Yep, that's what that was. That's wild. And uh, every time he'd do it, it was awkward. Everyone did it badly, and they'd say, oh, you can do better than that. Oh, Let's try no, that again. No, no, never the you can do better than that. Oh, always the you can do better than that. Uh, also, he's making everyone lie. Like, he, those oh, are the only- interesting. You're the only person in this room for whom I'm Don Nguyen applies. <laughs> that would be like if you were introducing a show, and you said, I am, and then you named the co-host yeah and then people would be like i'm so confused deceptive That's not her name it would confuse little girls right it's it, unethical people would get accused mm-hmm. of not being carrie poppy exactly just That's to use a I'm random saying. example yeah that's what i'm saying okay <laughs> so then there was a 30 minute break good with um slides Bad. of our various vendors of course some george orwell quotes oh yeah this was interesting. Like, they had a bunch of quotes where it felt like, well, you could apply this the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. one of the George Orwell quotes was, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that has a meaning to you. It has a different meaning to me. Right. This is how I feel about the red pill thing. Like, everybody's like, oh, which is what I take, whereas Steve over there <laughs> right. does not. Exactly. Oh, what a coincidence. I've also taken the red pill and right. come to a different conclusion than yours. <laughs> right. There's a Thomas Jefferson quote, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. Right. Okay. 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 See where you're coming from, Thomas Jefferson, at your time. A quote from G. Edward Griffin, the average person is intimidated by fear and authority, so is incapable of defending liberty. The only way to do that is to stop being average. Very good. How do you- So the average person is intimidated by fear and authority, so the mm. only way to stop doing ah, that is to right. stop being average. Stop being average, I see, I see. Yeah, lots of ads for, oh, we have one for the John Birch Society. Oh, yeah, which Griffin worked for. Oh, I'm just always amazed to see they're still around. Yeah, yeah. So they are a famous version of this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're they're very much on the libertarian end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Is libertarian a term that our international listeners will know? Oh, maybe not, because it kind of has alternative meanings, depending on oh, the context. True. Yeah. So, yeah, referring to political libertarianism is all about uh, the free market 
letting it make decisions about what people need rather than having regulation and oversight and government control. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot good that the free market does, uh, but they kind of want it to be the be all end all. And then mm-hmm. the more extreme version of that is like uh, anarchism or anarcho-capitalism. Ayn Rand, mm-hmm. objectivism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the John Birch Society espouses that point of view. And yeah, our, our man Griffin was uh, one of the official speakers. I actually, I was looking up old articles about him and i found a newspaper article from the 60s that said he was a lifelong john birch society member oh interesting meaning he paid the uh, lifelong member fee yeah i'm not sure if that meant from here forward or like his parents were in it and so he's always been going okay yeah yeah, maybe yeah i don't know I, i mean there's a certain appeal to that like kind of the idea of in a perfect world if everyone were as well off and well situated as I am, they could all take care of themselves. Mm-hmm, right. Maybe. That works in a world where everybody is well off and well situated like you. Maybe. Or knows somebody who can help them in a pinch. But it just, it doesn't play out in the real world. Yeah. Even if we were all rich, I'm not sure that it would work. I mean, just and you wouldn't think to Able-bodied like- and- yeah healthy and yeah i mean i know a lot of it centers around privilege but also just practically like uh, you wouldn't think to pay someone to pave the right road for you or make the right medicine for you you just wouldn't know like right. we have to we have to sort of delegate those things we out. don't have the personal <laughs> bandwidth right to yeah. support every good cause yeah, yeah and so i think it very easily becomes a, aha well i don't want to give my money away to anything but right. i'll let you pay for all these things that you consider important mm-hmm. and i'll just take them for granted Right, right. Anyway, the Reality Zone. Ooh, Reality Zone Red Pill Store. Oh, you know what? I went to this website. I hope they sell an actual red pill. They don't. Actually, I was looking for like... It's the Red Pill Store and they don't sell a red pill? They only have books and DVDs. Ugh. I saw this this pin, this very ugly pin that said, take the red pill and then the URL of this website. And I was like, oh, sweet. I want that pin. And then I went to the site and... And it was just all books and DVDs. Man, if I were doing this convention, I would produce a bunch of red pills that are like candy red pills. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Or drugs. <laughs> It'd be funny to like, hmm, you can't do this. But if we did develop like, um, like the type of vaccine that's live and that you have to swallow... For COVID-19, and then you just (laughs) take the red red pill. pill. (laughs) I was just trying to imagine what would happen if you showed up at this venue, and you had made up red pills, but you didn't tell anybody what they were. You just handed it to them like, here you go, red pill. Would they take it? I bet some people would. I bet some people would be like, what's in there? What are you doing? Yeah. And you know what? Those people would be right. (laughs) They would. Yeah. So then the the next talk I went to was by this awful sheriff. Oh, no. (laughs) Sheriff Richard Mack, who... Just believes everyone should be able to carry guns anywhere at all times because it's enshrined in our constitution. And so sheriffs should, sheriffs take a vow to uphold the constitution. And so even if your local law says you shouldn't be carrying a gun into the McDonald's, 
the sheriff should say, I don't care. That's an anti-constitutional law. I'm going to protect Ross as he goes into McDonald's brandishing a weapon. And, With my weapon. Right. <laughs> uh, and so he just went on and on about this and how he wants to train more and more sheriffs to do this. And I was like, you are describing a terrifying world that I want <laughs> no part of. <laughs> Um, Rather than a de-armament, we just, we arm ourselves yeah. to the teeth. And Everybody's got, uh, you know, an extra small gun strapped to their ankle. Yeah. <laughs> just any any falling out can instantly become a life and death situation. Right. Yeah. And, and <laughs> we're just like trusting each individual sheriff to like. I wonder if he was equally figure... excited back in the day when the Black Panthers were carrying guns. Well. Okay. He would say, absolutely, absolutely, because he has anticipated this complaint okay. that, you know... Is um, your standard equally applied? Right. And, you know, that there is an uncomfortable alliance between gun rights activists and white supremacy in certain circles. <laughs> And so he is very quick to give you several examples of how he's not a racist. So here's my favorite example. During his talk, mm -hmm. he said that his his greatest hero is, do you want to guess? His greatest hero, Clint Eastwood. Well, remember, he's convincing us he's not a racist. Oh, Malcolm X. No, no. Rosa Parks. Okay. So he explains... That was unconstitutional when they wouldn't let black people sit in the front part of the bus. That was an unjust law. Okay. And, and she was right to bring a gun onto the bus. And she was right to oppose it peacefully. <laughs> and then he says... She should have had a gun, though. He says... Everything's better with a gun. <laughs> we're going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm excited. Um, so he, he says, I want to show you... How that whole thing should have gone down. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Hey, Candace, come on up here. And I'm like, oh, no. So a woman emerges from the audience, and she is this beautiful woman in like her late 40s, probably this African-American woman. Mm -hmm. And she's she's got this huge smile. She's like really happy to be up there on stage. She doesn't know what she's in for. Um, and he says, would you sit down? And then he says to the audience, doesn't she look like Rosa Parks? Which she does not. Oh, no, She does she's, not. Because she's black? She's a black woman. Oh, That's no. it. <laughs> so he sits her down on this chair and he says, well, I think she looks like Rosa Parks. And she's she's so sweet and game and just sitting there and like uh, kind of swinging her feet. Mm -hmm. And so he says... Okay, I'm going to have you play Rosa Parks. So now this, this can poor only woman end well. It's only it's just sitting there, a living prop who he has not thought of what he wants her to do at all. So now she's just sitting there and she will just sit there for the rest of this. He says, "Okay, if I had been there, here's what I would have done. If I had been the sheriff." Oh, he'd be the white savior. Yeah. I would sit down next to her on that bus and i would say rosa you've done the right thing today it would be an honor for me to escort you home safely and i am going to have all of my deputies escort you with me well that's practical to do for every bus ride <laughs> and like she's fine she just like you're gonna take her off the, like you're basically gonna take her off the bus 
Well, it, somehow he implicitly realizes there is a threat against her. Right. And the best way to solve this is to provide security detail. Right. So he says, so I tell her, you know, you've done the right thing. I, it would be an honor to escort you home. And then he says to the audience, and, you know, she may want to go with us. She may not, depending on what her previous experience with law enforcement has been. And white men carrying guns. Right. And I'm thinking like, okay, okay, you're almost getting to enlightenment. Uh-huh. And then he smashes it right back down and he says, but she decides to go with us because it's a well-lit area. And has she said anything or is she just... No. Okay. So Rosa Parks decides to go with the men with guns because it's a well-lit area. <laughs> it's not night. Okay, so then he says, and then what would I do? <laughs> I would take her to buy hamburgers. I would take her. What is happening? To the, to the local hamburger shop. So weird. And I would get her a burger. And I would get me a burger. And I would get every deputy a burger. And, and we then, would all sit. And then while we're munching our burgers and I'm wiping some ketchup off my face, we go to the zoo. <laughs> And we see the giraffes. And she would keep we saying. We love giraffes. And she'd keep saying, you're my hero. You're my hero and you're not a racist. <laughs> um, what is he doing? I don't know. Okay, now so. Now in these pictures, I don't see his gun. Where is it? That's a good question. Shouldn't he have one on his person? Yeah, I don't know. He uh, should have one in each hand. Well, hang on. We're still we're still in the ideal Rosa Parks story. <laughs> okay. So he says, that would be throwing a bad law in the trash to enforce the Constitution, which says all men are created equal. So then he says, then I would take Rosa Parks home. Now, this woman's still just sitting there next to him. Smiling benignly. Yeah, she's not being asked to contribute in any way. I would take Rosa Parks home and I would make sure that her husband had a gun. I would say, Mr. Parks... Do you have a gun? And he'd say, why, yes, I do. And then I'd say, good, because my detail is going to be circling around here and making sure you guys are safe, but we can't be here all the time. (laughs) So I'm glad you're here to protect her with your arms. Oh, my God. How can anyone picture this as our ideal future where just everybody (laughs) has a gun all the time on them and they're ready (laughs) to get into a firefight? Oh, my God. (laughs) So yeah, everyone clap, 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 That is not the Star Trek future. Yeah, it's not. And also this idea of like, I mean, I understand the position of like, when we have a problem with police brutality, especially against people of color in this country, wanting to say, okay, well, if they're going to have guns, we want people to protect themselves with guns. But the reality is, I mean, like, Brianna Taylor. Yep. Or Philando Castile. Like these people that. were armed or their partners were armed and we know their names because that didn't end well for them, you know? Right. It's very hard to overpower a government official in that way. And oh my god. Anyway, um I don't think guns will fix it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah, this woman's just sitting there quietly the whole time. Just kind of laughing and nodding and so on. It reminded me of Teal Swan, how she would pull people up from the audience oh, and make right. them play parts. Just as then... a prop for her to talk more. Yeah. 
but then not have anything for them to really do. Right. Anyway, then he told us to donate to his organization so he can train other sheriffs to do this. Did he give her a gun as she went back to the audience? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> if so, he didn't make a big deal of it, but hopefully wow. she got a parting gift. Oh, that was awkward. Oh my God. It was, I, I was, after that, I was like, I need to go take a bath. <laughs> I can't watch this for much longer. Wow. I did want to tell you what I heard at the conference when I came back from my bath. Okay, did you feel better? I felt a little better. I was still a little headachey after listening to Sheriff Poophead, but <laughs> so I came I came back and they were having a panel where they were taking questions from the audience. Oh yeah, I've I've seen this at other conferences too where you take the last 3 or 4 speakers, you put them all together on the stage, and then you find out which one was really popular cuz they get all the questions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And And then uh, you feel bad for the person who's not getting called on and you're busy thinking, what is a question I could ask him? Or there's the very sweet but ultimately futile, this question is for Dr. Popular or anyone else as well. (laughs) Uh, Totally. You really just meant Dr. Popular. All right. So I only got to see one question and it was directed at a doctor that later you would watch his talk, so you'll be able to tell me a lot more about him. Oh, yes. Andrew Kaufman. Kaufman, that's it. This question asker asked Dr. Kaufman, do you believe in germ theory? Mm-hmm. Oh, pointed question. Yeah. I oh, mean, th- this will give him away a little bit. Yeah. It was a little more of a runaround in the question, but yeah, that was the the heart of it. Okay. Okay, so he basically said No. There are there are no studies to confirm that germs cause any disease, and instead we should be looking at terrain theory. That's what's most likely to be true. Mm. There's a substantial body of evidence to support that. Okay. And then he said, diseased tissue attracts germs, but germs don't cause disease mm. or mm-hmm. diseased tissue. Those are words. They're a symptom, not a cause. And it was really funny. I tried to get a, a <laughs> screenshot of this, but the sheriff really looked perplexed. He okay. really, like, he was listening and he was like, I didn't oh. catch your talk. And hmm. yeah, this is a different flavor of nonsense than my nonsense, but here we all are together. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I didn't get this in the red pill. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I ate the whole thing. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll talk more about Dr. Andrew Kaufman. But just in case between today when you're listening to this and a week from now when you hear our next episode, mm-hmm. just FYI in case it comes up, germ theory, probably real. Whoa, Carrie. Probably real. Really? I'm not saying definitely real. Are because you, you going to die on that hill? We <laughs> might all be <laughs> in a farm somewhere being batteries, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, germs are most likely real. Okay. Whoa, hot take. You Thank heard it you. here. Oh no, yeah. Ross and Carrie. Hot take. But indeed. mostly Carrie. <laughs> uh, but mostly me. <laughs> uh, so so we'll talk a bit more in our second episode. We'll we'll make ourselves stop there though. Yeah. We won't we won't tell you everything about this convention, but we'll give you another episode's worth because we have something that we've promised that will finally come right around. Halloween. Spooky. Spooky. But uh, yeah, hopefully you'll uh, join us next week for another dose of red pill and learn what these pills have to say. Yeah.
Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is one Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. And you can also tell your friends and you can wish that you were the first to finally fulfill Carrie's banana imperative, banana Mm. inspiration, Mm. banana foster. Mm. My appeal, you might say. (laughs) Yes, appeal to our (laughs) listeners. That's right. We had two people. Finally, right in this week, they I think they just felt guilty. They felt bad for you. And they strapped bananas to sticks <laughs> and paraded them rack. around. They rode on rack on the banana first. That's important. Yes. Then they attached the banana to a stick. Uh-huh. And then they <laughs> walked outside holding the banana up and down so that, you know, people would see that and they'd be like, oh, Onrack, that must that must be an acronym that stands for the name of a podcast that I should go listen to, mm-hmm. which is probably what people's reaction was. Yeah, I would imagine so. They sent photos of themselves holding up the bananas. <laughs> they oh, really crack me up. Just know, listeners, <laughs> one of them is named Henry Asmus, and I'm not sure. We, we don't know the name of the other person. Yeah. But uh, Carrie will probably share this on social media because uh, oh absolutely. she was tickled you brightened her you brightened her day <laughs> they are so funny <laughs> Carrie looks so gratified oh my god it was it was worth it all of your efforts yeah if anybody else wants to join the banana club please do please email us your photos or you can just bake some cookies and write on rack with the chips yeah that sounds nice you like can eat the cookies. five cookies one says O, one says in mm-hmm. you line them up you take a picture you send it to us mm-hmm. and then you, you enjoy wanna... some cookies if, if i can make a recommendation maybe make 10 cookies so that if one breaks you have a backup O, backup n etc oh yeah okay yeah or you can just write out on rack and then acorn with your backup cookies oh i never noticed that or maybe mm-hmm. i did notice that a long time ago okay interesting wasn't Acorn also that organization that got in trouble during an election? I don't know. It is a new um, streaming service. Oh, that's nice. And if you had an extra O, you could do Corona. Whoa. Oh, no. Hmm. Don't focus on that. Okay. <laughs> and also, one of our banana friends, oh, yeah. Henry, he said that he wanted to take this moment, should mm-hmm. he be gifted with the honor of his banana escapade being talked about on the show he wanted us to say to every american listening vote 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 and he wrote biden harris on his banana as well i think (laughs) nice this is effective advertising for our show and for that particular ticket uh hopefully they'll do well because of this banana yeah uh we said it the last episode but yes please vote yeah if you can do anything to support us and the world, it's that. Yeah. If you live in the U.S. And of course, if you live elsewhere, vote as well. Be a responsible citizen. And but probably not for Biden if you're in another country because it, it it's just impractical. Sure. He's not going to go there. And yeah. Don't country. like write him in on your New Zealand ballot. Doesn't make any sense, Tom. Stop thinking about it, Tom. Tom. But but also to kind of mirror and counter our friends at the Red Pill University slash Expo, you can also run for government. You want to make things better? You don't like the people that are out there? Go represent. Yeah. Literally. Sure. And remember. Okay, so Rosa Parks is on the bus. And the bus driver told her to get her seat, get out of her seat, 
and give it to a white man. Then she wouldn't do it, of course, and the bus driver gets off and calls the cops. This was December 1st, 1955. I was just three weeks away from being three years old. Yeah, I know. Don't call me old man. Okay, all right. So I've always wanted to show people how this should have happened that day. And so she's going to help me. And that's why I invited her up here. And I think she looks like Rosa Parks anyway. And I, I love Rosa Parks. I absolutely think her uh, courage that day should resonate with all of us. And including with your sheriffs. Okay? So, I'm the sheriff. And I bring a deputy with me to handle this call. And I walk up to Rosa Parks and I said this. Ma'am, just what seems to be the problem here? And of course, she looks up with her beautiful, beautiful eyes and timid look. And she says, why can't we just be left alone? And that hits, that hits the sheriff. That gets to him. And he sits down next to her. And he says, Mrs. Parks, what you did here today took a lot of courage. And it would be an honor for me and my deputy to escort you home safely. Now, she doesn't totally trust it. Would she? With the culture that's going on and this white sheriff saying, come with us, we'll take you home safely. You know? But she decides to because it's a well-lit area. And he does something else, too. He says, Mrs. Parks, do you see this hamburger joint right here? It says whites only. Would you like to go in and buy some hamburgers for your family tonight for dinner? I know it's kind of late. She goes, sure, that'd be great. So they do. This good sheriff teaching everybody what we do with stupid cultural norms of hate and prejudice. And he's teaching everybody we're getting rid of that. What did he do with the law? He threw it in the trash where it belonged, and he enforced the principle called all men are created equal. That's what he enforced that day. And so he and his deputy escort Mrs. Parks home. Her husband comes running out and said, what's the matter? What's... And the sheriff goes, calm down. Calm down, Mr. Parks. Rosa didn't give her seat to a white man today. And the husband gets mad at her. I told you to cut that out. Yeah. So and the sheriff goes, it's all good. It's all good. We're going to make sure that you and your family are safe. But do you have a gun in the home? And Mr. Parks goes, sure, I do. A 12 gauge. And the sheriff goes, is it loaded? And Mr. Parks goes, doesn't do you any good if it's not. And so he said, great, because we're going to give your family extra patrol all through tonight and the next coming few days, but we can't be here 24-7. So let your conscience be your guide in protecting your family from whatever might happen. And now, folks, do you understand? That is a constitutional sheriff. That is somebody <laughs> keeping his oath. And that's what we teach today.
video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we host Round Round Springfield. Springfield. Round Springfield is a Simpsons-adjacent podcast where we talk to your favorite Simpsons writers, voice actors, and everyone who's worked on the show to talk about shows that aren't The Simpsons. So we're going to be talking to people like David X. Cohen, Yardley Smith, Tim Long about other projects they've worked on, sometimes projects that didn't go well. Mm. Some failures. Yeah. Some rejections. Some failed pilots. (laughs) Some failed life events. Yeah. We just (laughs) talked to all the failures of The Simpsons. Yeah. So if you really love your Simpsons trivia and want to get to know the people who have worked on The Simpsons a little bit better, come by Round Springfield. Every other week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.